a brand new episode of Wrestling with Siblings. I'm your host, Araceli, and this is my co-host, Armando. Hi, guys. I'm Armando, and welcome to Wrestling with Siblings. Wow. Probably one of the most anticipated Raws, and I say that because today is the night when we find out if Brock Lesnar will be cashing in the money in the bank on Seth Rollins. We do know that throughout this week he announced he was. So I'm excited to find out if he will have a successful cash-in. And not only that, but also the Phenom Undertaker is going to show up on Monday Night Raw to address his match for Super Showdown against Goldberg. Exactly. So let's get started. Again, the wild card rule is in effect, so none other than Roman Reigns decides he's going to come out. And before he can say anything, none other than Shane McMahon interrupts, which is pretty much a given because, you know, every time Roman is at Raw, Shane McMahon has to be there right behind him to follow in his footsteps. So not really surprised, but... He comes out to make a very, very important statement. He's like, I cannot wait to beat you up and shut you up at Super Showdown. Yeah, and we all know Roman Reigns has been wanting to get his hands on Shane McMahon. He really hasn't been able to just because there's been some factors. As you know, McIntyre, Elias. So, I mean, he's really letting everything out. He definitely is, and he also makes another important point. He's like, I will be the first man to make you tap out. I will put you in the triangle. And you will tap out to me for the first time in your career. So Roman Reigns has never been tapped out. So Shane McMahon plans on changing that. He wants to be the first man to make Roman Reigns tap out. Yeah, very bold statement, like you said, from Shane McMahon. But also his confidence. And I don't blame him because when he's got backup like McIntyre, um, Elias, that, that we've seen, I mean, I would have that confidence as well. And Shane McMahon probably has something up his sleeve. Definitely, and I'd like to see you try and make me submit because we know Roman Reigns. We know he's Mr. Tough Guy. We know he's the one that runs the yard. He's not afraid of anyone or anything. So he tells him, bring it on. I'd like to see you try and actually make me tap. And again, what I was talking about, what does Shane McMahon do? He decides to bring out Drew McIntyre. And Roman Reigns is trying to take everybody down he's like at stomping grounds i am going to take drew mcintyre down so he he's already thinking ahead he's like you know what i'm not even worried about shane i'm gonna beat him at super showdown and then i'm gonna go into stomping grounds and beat drew mcintyre i feel like he's kind of underestimating him a little bit but i mean shane is not one that you gotta underestimate like i said he's got some serious backup the question is, is he going to clean sweep them? Because he already beat Elias. If he beats Shane McMahon on Friday, that's 2-0. And Shane wouldn't have any wins over Roman Reigns. If Drew McIntyre beats him, then that would be, you know, kind of a 2-1. A, a but if he beats McIntyre, if he beats Shane McMahon, he, Roman pretty much clean sweeped them. Yeah, and not only that, but this feud is going to be for the long run. I definitely see that. And Drew McIntyre comes out after pretty much being called out. I mean, if you ask me, that's pretty much calling out Drew McIntyre. He comes out and he claims Shane will beat Roman Reigns. He is more than confident that Shane will defeat Roman. And I mean, I don't blame him. You already said it. He has the backup. Drew McIntyre is very cocky. He's confident in himself. And he knows how far he's willing to go to get to the top. And he knows in order to do that, who does he have to take down? Roman Reigns. And so... He said that right now he is going to take care of Roman. He is not going to wait till two weeks in stomping ground. So, very interesting statement by Drew McIntyre. 
But something unexpected happened. We got to see the revival attack Roman Reigns from behind. Yeah, very interesting. And another thing too, Shane McMahon always has something up his sleeve. So, like I said, Roman, do not underestimate him. And they're all attacking him, and none other than the Usos come out, which then leads to Roman and the Usos versus McIntyre and the Revival. Keep in mind, just like Shane McMahon has his backup with the Revival and McIntyre and Elias, Roman Reigns has the Usos. Yeah, definitely, and I was excited for this match just because we've seen a different Revival. We've seen that this Revival has studied the Usos more and they seem to be getting a number on them and we saw that in this match they were able to capitalize and completely isolate them you know I think what really changed everything for the revival and this is coming from my personal opinion I think ever since the Hawkins and Ryder incident where they would just keep getting beat and keep getting beat and keep getting beat I feel like that's when it all shifted and they realized you know what we're better than this we can do a lot better and ever since there their career took a turn and they've been unstoppable they've been amazing they've been at the level of the usos the last couple of months yeah and falling back to that is because they were able to focus they were able to be like you know what what happened against the tag team champions is not going to happen to us again and other than a better way for them to prove themselves against the usos exactly so this is definitely the perfect opportunity for them and what can we say about McIntyre? He is pretty much the entire package. He has the promo skills, he can wrestle, he is extremely brutal, and he knows exactly what he's doing. And he, like I said earlier, he's willing to do whatever it takes to get to the top of the mountain. And in order to do that, who does he have to take out? Roman Reigns. And again, he has formed a great alliance with Shane McMahon. Yes. And that's a very great alliance to have on your side. Yeah, that's crucial because not only is Shane pretty much the owner of the company, I mean... He has the power to do whatever he wants. So, in that case, if McIntyre wanted something from Shane, this is his way to get it. Look at Dolph Ziggler. He used them until he couldn't use them anymore. And look how far that's gotten him. And Roman Reigns. I mean, he's Roman. There's nothing we can really say about him. But keep in mind that the game changer was Shane McMahon. As soon as he interfered, that's when pretty much the revivals the revival was able to capitalize. Yep. And they took out Roman Reigns at the end of the match. I mean, any advantage that Shane can get going into Super Showdown, he will definitely take full advantage of that. Okay, moving on to Miz TV with none other than the special guest, WWE Universal Champion, Seth Rollins. And so Miz, this is is a new Miz. I like this Miz. He likes to get into people's heads, and I think he's still that face miss that everybody likes. Um, he said tonight was not about the miss; it was about Seth Rollins, and not only about Seth Rollins, but it was about Brock Lesnar, as I said earlier, cashing in his money in the bank tonight on Raw. Yeah, and I don't think Seth Rollins is afraid of Brock Lesnar one one because he's already beaten him before, and two, I feel that Seth is actually prepared for Brock Lesnar to cash in. I definitely agree with you on that one, Um, but also, keep in mind, the mind games that Brock Lesnar is going to play is eventually going to get to Seth Rollins. There's only so much mind games you can take before it actually takes a a tear in you, you know, and you're wrestling, and yes, you'll be extremely tired, but what's actually more exhausting is the mental. So once he gets inside his head, and you're mentally exhausted, you're done. And not only that, but we can see that the entire locker room is mentioning 
Brock Lesnar to Seth Rollins. Oh, what are you going to do with, with Brock Lesnar? Oh, you know, Brock Lesnar is this. So I feel all that is going to get to him at some point. But right now, I think he's just focused and he's just waiting for that perfect opportunity. So Brock Lesnar doesn't catch it. And Seth made a very, very important point. And if there's something I took from this was that he said, let's not focus on the what ifs, let's focus on the what is, right? And he's like, right now I have to focus on Baron Corbin and I have to go on to Super Showdown and beat him. But I will believe that Brock Lesnar is cashing in when he shows up on Raw. Because keep in mind, the mind games. He knows Brock likes to play mind games. So he wasn't fully like, okay, well, yeah, if he shows up, then he's here and I'll focus about him there. If he doesn't, whatever. So he's going to do that as the, as, the, as the night goes on. Sorry. And then, none other than Brock Lesnar decides to show up. This is the game changer. This is where everything changes for Seth Rollins. Yeah, and Seth Rollins was waiting for him to come directly to the ring so Brock Lesnar could catch him. But what does Brock Lesnar do? He stops halfway and decides to make a lap and go the other way towards the arena. Exactly. So that means the mind games have begun. So this means it's a very long night for Seth Rollins because... The first mind game has already been played, so Seth has to go backstage, try to focus on Friday at Super Showdown, but then also has to keep in mind, okay, Brock is here. Is he going to cash in tonight? Is he going to cash in right now? Is he going to cash in? When is he going to cash in? Because keep in mind, Brock can cash in at any given time, whether you're ready or not. Okay, moving on to the Lucha House Party. They basically come out and, I mean, come on. Lars Sullivan comes out and pretty much destroys them. We know how this ends for the Lucha House Party. I mean, they try to give him a, a tiny little fight there, but that just made Lars Sullivan even more angry. So come Friday, they're they're dead. Yeah, they were able to get him out of the ring. But like as I was telling Araceli as the show was going on, that we really haven't seen Lars Sullivan face big guys. And by big guys, I mean like a, a Bobby Lashley. Uh, Braun Strowman, you know, guys like that. I really want to see him face someone like that and really make a statement. I definitely agree with you on that one. I see your point because in order for him to prove himself as the freak or as the dominant competitor that he is being portrayed to be, he has to obviously take on someone his own size. However, I do see why they're doing it. They're trying to build him as a strong, unstoppable superstar, kind of like Braun Strowman at first and then you know go from there but right now I like what they're doing with him but once he faces somebody like Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns, uh, Braun Strowman, somebody McIntyre of that caliber that's what's really going to define Lars Sullivan. Yeah and like you said hopefully they don't do what they did with Braun Strowman you know hopefully if he's going to be the big ultimate bad guy then they keep him that way. Yes, 100% agree with you on that one. You cannot potentially mess this up. Just keep going and it'll be all good for him. All right, moving on to Becky Lynch, who says that she's been doing some thinking for the last 63 days since she's pretty much been home and she finally got the chance to, to think. And she said she was the main event of WrestleMania, came out champion, and pretty much dreams come true is what she, what she was saying. And, I mean, she's not wrong. 
Uh, she said that being content is one of the worst things to ever happen to a fighter like her. And, and I mean, I understand why, because... You to get used to that, you don't want more. You know, your strive kind of just goes away. You don't want anything else. You're like, okay, well, I got to where I wanted to get, and that's it. You lose motivation. Yeah, and this is perfect for her. Like you said, she is going to work even harder to try to be a, a double champ again. Exactly. And she, she admits it. She's like, I'm pissed off because Lacey Evans cost me the SmackDown Women's Championship at Money in the Bank. And she admits it. She's like, you know what? I was mad, and I think that's good. But at the same time, that's something that Lacey Evans is going to take full advantage of. And I'm kind of glad that Becky Lynch recognized that because I felt that she let the best get of her. She took on much more than what she could handle. And I think she has learned her lesson, so she's probably more mature now. Exactly. So that's definitely good for, for Becky Lynch. But Lacey Evans then decides, you know, it's it's her turn to interrupt. She has some words she would like to say to the man herself. So then she comes out and she's like, oh, honey, you're like a dog chasing a car. Um, you, I did the WWE Universe a favor, pretty much. And by that, she means, well, yeah, you lost the other championship. I'm saving them. I did them a favor. So she's pretty confident, pretty cocky that she did the right thing by helping her lose the championship on Money in the Bank. I'm not sure what your opinion is on that, but... That definitely is Lacey Evans. And she said, Becky Lynch should not be the the woman that represents the women's division. That should be the face of pretty much the company. And Lacey goes as far as calling it her division. Yeah, and there's the confidence that Lacey Evans demonstrates that she knows that she could be the best woman in the WWE. And she's picking a fight with Becky Lynch. Exactly. And another thing that you really have to... Take into consideration from Becky, uh, from Lacey Evans. I'm sorry, is that she said it? You know, I might have lost. I accept my defeat, but I'm the reason why you lost. So another, another thing. She's accepting her defeat. Defeat. She's accepting. You know what? I lost, but at the end of the day, I cost you what meant more to you than the loss meant to her. Because if you really think about it, Lacey Evans lost, but what did she really lose? Nothing. She had a great match against Becky Lynch. She proved herself at the end of the day. What did Becky lose? Her championship and the title as Becky Two Belts. That's what she lost. So I understand where Lacey Evans is coming from this. And she said she's going to beat Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. So I wouldn't doubt that, but I don't think it's the right timing. I think she's still too new. She needs to develop herself more. And eventually she'll be a WWE Women's Champion. Definitely agree with you on that one. They have to take it slow with her. There's so much they can do with her now to get her to the point where she has to be. Yeah, she's pretty much the future of the of the women's division. Exactly. She's going to carry that next generation of female superstars. He is correct, 100%. And none other than Charlotte, who's pretty much run the division ever since she debuted it up until this point. You know, now she shares, I guess, the throne with, with Becky Lynch. She comes out and she's like, oh, Becky, stop making excuses and just accept the fact that I beat you. And she's right, because as far as I remember, Becky was 4-0 and against Charlotte. And this is the first win that Charlotte has gotten over Becky Lynch. And at the end of the day, what, what matters is the wins. No matter how you get them, if someone interfered in your match, whatever, you get a win. That's what stays in the record books. Exactly. And she pretty much states that with her next statement she's like well you know what i'm nine times champ i'm already more than halfway to beating my dad's pretty much title reign so hey 
at this point she's telling you I am the best and I am gonna get to where I have to get no matter what and like we said in the previous podcast before that it's gonna be a while till somebody reaches Charlotte's flair you know title range and she's pretty much gonna surpass her father if anything she's gonna be a 17 18 time women's champion and it's gonna be years years and years till somebody can catch up exactly there'll be people who do, who will be behind her for sure you know we'll have somebody maybe like alexa who will be like right behind her but you really won't have somebody that's gonna get to where she's gonna get you know and it's gonna take years until they find the right woman nobody's gonna beat her title reign streak and this time she's nine champ and hey num- numbers speak louder than words at this time and she's she's proven that she's nine time and Next thing you know, she's going to be 16, 17, and 18-time champ, just as you said. Lacey Evans has some guts, though. She pretty much went right after Charlotte. She gave her a woman's right. Yeah, she went after her last week, and now again, she is now backing down, and she wants to make a name for herself, and she is going right after the two top women in the business. Exactly. And this leads into Charlotte versus Lacey Evans. Personally, from our point of view, we would have saved this for a WrestleMania match simply because this has the potential to be probably one of the greatest feuds in women's wrestling history. If not even also a main event. It's that type of match just because if you look at these women, they have so many similarities in the ring and outside the ring and then just so many similarities the way you look at them. Exactly. And the experience definitely showed for Charlotte in this match. She wasn't giving her any opportunity. She kept her down the majority of the time. Not only that, but same thing with Lacey Evans. I feel that Lacey Evans was really testing Charlotte out to see what she is capable of doing in the ring. And I kind of felt they both held a little bit back. But again, it's because they're both testing each other out. Yeah, they definitely are. You know, they're they're trying to get the best out of each other. And the moment they do that, that match is going to be killer. But at this point, I do believe they were holding each other back simply because we've seen what Charlotte can do, you know. And... Based on the match that I saw Lacey Evans have against Becky Lynch, I fully believe she is at the same level as Charlotte Flair. Maybe not athletically, but I feel like wrestling-wise, she can, you know, she can compete with her. She definitely can. I, I've seen it. And we've been convinced of that since the Royal Rumble. Ever since she debuted and she had a stare down with her, you can tell she had some guts and she's ready to go. And Charlotte, I mean, come on. We already got into Charlotte. Nine-time champion. She's probably the greatest women's wrestler that WWE has seen. And I will make the comparison since Trish. Because ever since Trish, I mean, I don't don't really think there's been anybody that has really been able to take that spot up until Charlotte. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but let us know in the comments below. Alright, moving on to Mysterio, who pretty much comes out and he's going to relinquish the championship because I believe he had a separated shoulder. And for those of you that don't know, he is the United States champion. So he comes out, and to save you guys the entire stare down and show he had with Joe, Joe comes out, and he's like, well, I mean, someone said champion, and I thought that was my cue, and I came out, brilliant, you can't, you can't be mad at that. Come on, that was genius. And then Rey Mysterio decides he's going to relinquish the championship, but he's not just going to relinquish it, like, leave it vacant he's actually going to relinquish and give it to Samoa Joe himself so that automatically makes Samoa Joe the new United States champion 
And I think why he did that was because I think there was a lot of controversy on the way he won, and he probably went back and reviewed the footage, and he was probably like, you know what, yeah, his shoulders were not on the mat. I won unfairly. You you do deserve it in my eyes. I think that's what pretty much Rubin Stereo based his decision. If not, he probably would have just, like you said, left it there vacant. Yeah, so we know he's he's a man that likes to do the right thing, so that's probably why he did it. But it is what it is. Samoa Joe crowned our new United States champion. All right, moving on to Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, I guess you can say. It's an arm wrestling match. Kind of odd to see a wrestle, uh, arm wrestling match in a wrestling ring. Yeah, I mean, I understand it. the sport is wrestling, but really, an arm wrestling match, it is what it is. It was kind of entertaining, you know. They were able to make it interesting, at least. One mistake though that Bobby Lashley did make was get Braun Strowman mad. Oh yeah, for sure. He got him upset and he paid for it. And I think that's why he ended up losing because if you really analyze the arm wrestling match, it was pretty close, very very close. And for a second there, I thought Bobby Lashley was going to beat Braun Strowman. Yeah, I thought that a couple of times because I believe there was two times when you can actually tell how strong Bobby Lashley is, and then you know. Braun Strowman ended up beating him for it. But he did start playing games with Braun Strowman. We got to see him, you know. I think he did it twice where he, like, smacked him and was like, nah, I'm not ready yet. And then they finally chalked it in. They were able to finally play their own wrestling game. And Braun Strowman was one that ended up being successful in this great arm wrestling match. He did end up with shock on his face though because Bobby Lashley was so mad that he lost. And he was like, well, you know what? Here you go. And he just threw chalk at him. But... I mean, it is what it is. Thought you guys should know. All right, moving on to Nikki Cross with Alexa in her corner versus Peyton Royce with, obviously, Billy Kay in hers. Very interesting pairing, Alexa and Nikki Cross. I think Alexa has something up her sleeve because she doesn't just pair with anybody. Anytime she does something like that, she has something up her sleeve. I feel that she's going to use Nikki Cross to do her dirty work. And like you said, she does have something up her sleeve. You could tell right away because of, you know, her her little e- evil look that she does and stuff. So, but like I said, I like this duel so far. Yeah. So that evil stare he's he's looking at is man. I'm so mad. I like the iconics, but come on, they bullied Alexa. They threw her coffee, and then they pretty much pushed her. Well, Billy pushed her into the coffee, and you know she got all dirty and stuff. Like, come on. Why? Alexa wasn't doing anything. Alexa was just there, minding her business, watching Nikki Cross fight. And what do they do? They go and they push her, right? And so then this pisses her off. She loses it and she turns into Twisted Little Bliss. And she goes right after Billy Kay and she just like hit her so hard. It was hilarious. To me, it was funny. But I feel like it's going to be a split personality for Alexa simply because when she's with Nikki... She's a lot more calm. She's a lot more relaxed. She's super nice. But then once you trigger it, it's like, okay, Alexa Bliss is back. And I feel like Nikki Cross is what calms Alexa down. Yep, definitely have to agree with you on that. And also, this they make a perfect team so far. That Don't be surprised if they're the next woman tag team champions. Yes. And Peyton Royce, I mean, we've always known how great she is. She makes a great team with... Billy Kay, they have great chemistry. It is really weird, though, to see her in singles competition, but it's it's good for her because you can see how good she actually is. She dominated the majority of this match. You gotta give her that. 
Nikki Cross, she she was able to keep her down for the majority of the time. And Alexa Bliss crossing the distraction was able to get Nikki Cross to capitalize and get the victory over Paige. All right. Let's move on to Seth Rollins, who comes out again. And he he knew since the very beginning, since the time he challenged for the Universal Championship, that he was going to have a target on his back. He knew that. And he knew especially that if he won, he definitely was going to be the number one man that was going to be hunted, that was going to be the most wanted, pretty much, to put it that way. And he says, you know, this is about about Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar is playing mind games. And this is where this is where it all begins again for Seth Rollins. He calls out Brock Lesnar. And what happens? The music plays. No Brock. Baron Corbin decides to show up and attack him from behind. And, you know, that's another thing, too, that Corbin, he should be focusing on Corbin instead of Brock Lesnar. Exactly. So he was too focused on... Brock being backstage and wanting him to to cash in, that he called him out twice and no Brock and he was way too distracted and that's when Baron Corbin came out and Baron's like, you know what? You should be focused on me. You shouldn't even be focused on Brock Lesnar. Who cares about Brock Lesnar? Focus on me because I am going to beat you at Super Showdown and Seth is like, there's no chance. You don't even stand a chance against me. And that's where I believe Seth is wrong because we know what Baron Corbin is capable of. He's a smart competitor. He knows exactly how to get what he wants. And a perfect example of he knows what to get what he wants is he pretty much set up Seth Rollins for failure. Exactly. He he set him up and Seth fell right for it. He fell right for the trap and Brock Lesnar then decides to come out and this is the moment we were all waiting for where like he's gonna cash in like this is it for Seth Rollins. And he takes him out with the chair, he suplexes him, he pretty much destroys Seth Rollins, leaves him just laying there, and Paul Heyman is yelling at him, Cash it in! Cash it in! Now is the time! What are you doing? Cash it in! Let me cash it in! And Brock is like, no. Friday. 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 Smart man. Smart competitor. Definitely smart man. Why he knows Seth Rollins is not going to be 100%. He's already going to be... Has to tank. Plus, he knows what Baron Corbin is capable of. Yeah, and not only that, he's going to be focused in the match that he's going to have against Baron Corbin. Exactly. But Brock Lesnar, very cruel statement. And another thing, too, I feel that Brock Lesnar is going to have a failed cash-in. And the reason why I say that is, one, like I've been saying, Seth Rollins has something up his sleeve. Two, he's got Roman Reigns. I'm pretty much on his corner. He knows that Roman Reigns will back him up for anything. So that can play a huge factor. 100%. And when I said Brock Lesnar destroyed Seth Rollins, he really destroyed him. We got to see the stretcher come out and actually grab Seth Rollins. And he left on a stretcher. And that's that's hard to see because he's either universal champion and you usually see him walking out in his own two feet. So that's a statement that was made by Brock Lesnar. So come Friday, it's going to be interesting to see if Brock Lesnar walks out of Jeddah as the Universal Champion. And not only that, but to see the condition that Seth Rollins is in. 100%. He definitely gave Baron Corbin an advantage, and that's that's something we know Baron Corbin is going to take full advantage of on Friday. Okay, moving on to Triple H and Randy Orton. They're pretty much there to promote the match. 
at Saudi Arabia. Nothing really important other than the fact that Triple H says, you know what, Randy Orton, you're good, but you're not the guy that's going to make me retire. You're not the guy that's going to make me want to leave wrestling. Definitely a lot of history between these two competitors, as we know. Triple H pretty much brought up Randy Orton from from the beginning of his career, gave him the opportunity, and you know now Randy Orton is where he's at, but he's also worked for it, and he's proved it in the ring. 100%. Alright, moving on to Cesaro versus Ricochet. We got to see this. This is the third week, and each time they, they're impressive. You know, they come up with new moves, something creative, something to get you at the edge of your seat. And they definitely know how to do that. And I feel like that's an advantage for both competitors. And it's even harder because they face each other already three times, so they all know their moveset. And the thing about Cesaro is that he's able to adapt to Cesaro, I mean, Ricochet's wrestling style. But one thing that I've noticed about Cesaro is ever since you partnered him with with Sheamus, he was able to learn from Sheamus' aggression. And we've been seeing that in these past couple of matches. Exactly. And I feel that that's what he needed to elevate his in-ring game. Yes, he took everything I was just about to say. I actually, actually did write it down. But... Ever since he left his pairing with Cesaro, he has increased his athleticism. His career has inflated. He is so much better than what he was before he partnered with Sheamus. And now I feel like that all came with, yes, learning from Sheamus, the mentality, the mentor, and all that stuff. But you got to give him credit. He Mm -hmm. is probably one of the greatest wrestlers WWE has as of right now. Yeah, definitely most technical, and I love the way he performs out of the ring, and not in this match, but in all the matches when he was in singles competition. Yep. And Ricochet, what can we really say about him? The dude is, he's incredible in the ring. He has some amazing talent, and I do feel like he is Cesaro's match. They are evenly matched, athletic-wise, maybe not power-wise, but I feel like everything else, they're pretty much evenly matched. Athletic-wise and in ring skills, they both just... They have this chemistry that you could just tell right away that, you know what, no matter how many matches these guys have together, they're always going to be great. Exactly. And the only thing that Cesaro has as a disadvantage to Ricochet is his power. He's strong. He's extremely, extremely powerful. And that's something that, obviously, he uses to his advantage. Okay, and, I mean, I have to throw this in there, obviously. Cesaro ends the match. Well, he lost. So Ricochet beat him, but the match ends, and Cesaro comes out, pulls out a table, and who's on the table? R-Truth. And again, he was hiding there the entire show. That is brilliant. Yeah, and everybody was going crazy looking for him, and when you have a partner like Carmella, that's pretty much a distraction. That is brilliant. See, I told you guys, ever since R-Truth won it, he was going to be the longest champion, and so far, I have been correct. But get you guys, get yourself a friend like Carmella. Definitely. She saw Maverick in the ring about to pin our truth and she's like, you know what? It's not gonna happen. Bam, super kick. I need a friend like Carmella. Me too. Alright. And then none other than the Undertaker who pretty much comes out and rest in peace, Goldberg is pretty much what he had to say to keep it in very, very short short words for you guys. I'm excited for this match. We're gonna have two icons, two legends you know, pretty much two superstars that we grew up watching finally face each other in Super Showdown. Yes, and it's going to be very, 
fascinating match in all aspects, wrestling-wise, promo-wise, everything. It's just going to be great. I can't wait to see it. Let us know in the comments below what match you're most excited to see. And I think that's all I have. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? That's all we have. Stay tuned for our next episode of Wrestling with Siblings. Yes, but before we let you guys go, we will be at next week's Raw. So come find us. Come say hi. We'll give you guys a free shirt you already know. And remember to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Become a sibling today. Let everybody know to join the family. And for those of you that do not know what WWS stands for, I wonder what does WWS stand for? Wrestling with